I'm starting a new series. And the, the series is uh, around our theme, Strengthened. But the series is on being strengthened in our mind. Being strengthened in our mind. My title of my message today is Get Unstuck from the Rut. Get Unstuck from the Rut. Has anybody ever been stuck in a rut in your car and it's hard to get unstuck? Well, sometimes we get stuck in a rut in our minds. And so today, through the power of God's word and through, uh, through the message today, I'm, I'm prayerfully hoping that we'll be helped in getting unstuck from some of these ruts that we get in. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. I want to really focus on these, next, on these three verses, verses 3, 4, and 5 today. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not what? War after the flesh. Even though we're here and we're here in the flesh. How many are here in the flesh? Amen. We're here in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means fleshly or earthly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of, say the next two words, strongholds. Pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, Paul says, imaginations to every and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every, what's the word? Thought to the obedience of Christ. How many of you, like me today, you fight with the inner thoughts of your own mind? Just before I walked up to this pulpit, I began to fight in my own mind. You can't do this. This, you, you're not good enough for this. You're not, you're not, you're not, this, they don't want to listen to you. They're, nobody's going to listen. And the, the, the devil and the whole, and, and even in my mind, I start to fight. My, anybody else do that besides me? Inner struggle, the inner thoughts. How many of you find yourself often battling spiritual things in your mind? The truth is this morning, we all have battles going on in our heads every single day. And this is, the, this is the extremely important thing. I want you to think about this statement. Let it sink in. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Let's say that together. Ready? Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest. What we think about, we become. Most people don't ruin their life just like that. They don't just make a willy-nilly decision to ruin their life. Most of the time, it was a thought pattern that went over and over and over, and then that became something that came out. And so we're, <clears throat> our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. If you think, man, my life stinks, and, and it doesn't matter how many good things happen to you, life stinks, life stinks. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter what happens, life's going to what? It's going to stink. But if you think, man, life is good, and God is good, and he's on the throne, and, and even if something negative happens, guess what? Life is still what? It's still good. Uh, we go into the direction that we think. We understand this morning, this is a scientific fact, and it's also a biblical principle. We'll talk about that in a minute. And so today, and for the next three weeks, I want to bring four messages all centered around the biblical principles found in this verse. We can cast down imaginations. We can. We can cast down every single high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and we can. Oh, I said, we can. Say, we can. Oh, you can do better than that. We can. We can. We can cast down and bring into captivity every single thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to say, I want to be able to do that. I want to do that in my life. All right, let's pray together, and we're going to get right into the message. 
Lord, I pray that you'd help us today remove all distractions. I pray that more people today would be helped because they listen to the word of God and they don't think about what's coming after the, after the, the message, but what's going on right now. And so, Lord, Holy Spirit, please work. I know the devil wants to distract us this morning. He wants to get us to think about lunch and think about other things. But, Lord, Holy Spirit, please work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you growing up, your mother used to say to you, you are what you eat? Okay, let's say that. You are what you eat. How many would agree with that statement? Amen. And so if that were true, Brother Asperly would be a giant Cheeto over here. No, I'm just kidding. We understand this morning that you, if you eat poorly, your health isn't going to be great. If all you eat is potato chips and, and Skittles and, and, and Coke, and, and, and how many call it Coke? How many call it pop? How many call it soda? How many call it Coke? How many call it pop? How many call it soda? See, mostly soda. Where I come from, it was pop in Wisconsin. And in Arizona, everybody calls. It doesn't matter if it's Pepsi. If you say, I'll have a Coke, they say, what kind? I'll have a Pepsi. Anyways, um, if, if that's all you eat, you're, you're going to have health issues. How many understand that? Okay, you with me? My, my, uh, my wife and I decided I turned 37 this past October. And so I'm getting old, Brother Renison, getting old. <laughs> you know. Some of you think I'm a spring chicken, and some of you think I'm old. No matter what you think, I'm going to be 40 in three years, and it's coming quick. And so my wife and I, because we're, we're going to be turning 40 pretty soon, we decided, you know, we better start being healthier. And so a couple of years ago, we started changing some things. And, 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 and what I mean by that is she started changing some things in me. And so, uh, and so you know, less in and out, <laughs> less in and out, you know, less less, you know, all these things. And uh, this year we, we ramped it up a little bit. We're saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to try to lose some weight and we're going to try to eat better. When I was a kid or when I was younger, a teenager, I thought being healthy was going to the gym. You know, just go to the gym. Man, work, pump iron, you know, get, get swole, get ripped, all these things. And I would go to the gym, Patrick. I, I don't know if you've ever done this. Did you ever have a gym membership, Patrick? You have. You know what you do when you have a gym membership, right? Nothing. You do nothing. And so... I remember I got all excited. I went and bought some sweatpants, bought some shoes. Man, I was so excited. I went the first day, and that was it. And so, uh, and when I went, I didn't even work out. I just walked around from machine to machine because I didn't know what to do. So I'm just looking. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that later after I get some, after I stretch. And I walk over to that machine too hard. And then I came over here, you know. Anyways, I got drink out of the drinking fountain and went home. But anyway, um, what I realized as I began to get older is that going to, you know, lifting weights and all those things is fine. And you can lift weights, but how many understand that if all you do is lift weights and you eat junk, you're going to have a problem. You can get muscles, but if all you're eating is sugar and all these things, you're going to have issues in your life. You're going to have issues with your health. And then I realized that it hit me. This is what it hit me. Being physically healthy isn't just about what I do with my body, but it's about what I put into my body. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? It's not just about what I do with my body. It's about what I put into my body. Okay, let's apply that to spiritual things. When I do spiritual things, that's great. When I uh, teach a class or when I help in the hospitality ministry or when I sing a song or uh, uh, maybe I go out and I put a gospel track on someone's door. When I'm doing spiritual things, that's wonderful and that's great. And how many, how many would agree with me? We need to keep doing spiritual things. We need to do things. But just doing the spiritual things doesn't necessarily mean that I'm healthy. It's not just what I do spiritually, it's what I take in spiritually and what I have going on inside of me spiritually. And so what I want for my life 
and I want for your life is not just to modify our behavior or modify how we look on the outside and, and make, you know, we want to, you know, we want to make sure that we look right and we want to make sure that we have everything together. And not just that, not just that, but that on the inside, we are healthy spiritually, not just on the outside, but on the inside of us, we are healthy spiritually. And how many think, man, I want to be healthy spiritually on the inside, not just on the outside, but also on the inside. And so, uh, well, while I could come up here and preach and, and I can wear a tie and I can uh, bring my Bible and I can memorize the, the pages that we have here, well, I could do all that, but what's going on in my heart? And so today, I want to talk about this thing of our mind. How many recognize this morning that many of our spiritual battles that we face are lost or won right here? We lose the battle or win the battle right here here in our minds. How many recognize that today? And so we have to understand that in our minds, in our hearts today, that there are some things that we need to deal with. We're going to call them strongholds because that's what Paul calls them. He says, we are mighty through God in the pulling down of what? Strongholds. And so we must recognize today that we have strongholds in our minds. I'm going to explain what they are And then I'm going to explain what we're supposed to do about it. All right. Number one, we want to talk about the inception of these strongholds. Where do the strongholds in our minds come from? How do they get there? How how do we get these strongholds in our our heads? And what are they? Look at what Paul says in verse three. He says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We have a spiritual enemy today, a spiritual warfare. And then he says in verse four, the weapons of our warfare are not earthly. They're not carnal. They're not fleshly. But our weapons that we have to fight with are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, if we want to pull down these strongholds in our minds, we need God's help. You and I, even though we're in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You and I are facing spiritual battles in our mind that we need God's help with. If you study this concept in Corinthians about the strongholds, what is it? What is Paul, when he says stronghold, in your mind, you might be thinking about, you know, Brian coming up here and putting a stronghold on me. But what Paul, yeah, right, yeah, give me a bear hug. What Paul is talking about, though, if you look up the word stronghold, you find it's talking about the word that we get fort from or fortify. It's literally the word where you might, you might say a castle. Paul is saying that in our minds, there are some strong fortresses. There are some castles in our minds. There are some forts in our minds that are there. And what are these forts and where did they come from? I want to show you a picture. If you look up here, this is actually Corinth. And uh, the Roman Empire was so vast and decentralized that they would build these strong fortresses in different cities. This one is in Corinth where Paul is preaching in this chapter. And the Romans would build these these fortresses, and their for- it would be a place where their garrisons could sleep safely. They would store their weapons there. It would be a rendezvous point if something went wrong. It was a fortress. It was a stronghold that was a position for the army that they had. And so when Paul is speaking about these strongholds, can you imagine he's talking to the church, and he points out the window at this, and he says, you have some of those in your mind. You have some strongholds in your life. And what is Paul talking about? with these strongholds. Based on your life, 
based on your upbringing, your family, your life experiences, maybe some sin that you've been involved with, maybe a false religion that you've been exposed to, or whatever, Satan builds strongholds in our minds that are unhealthy and they are against God, and often they are anti-God and anti-Christ. These strongholds, simply put, are, are Satan's lies in our mind. That's what these strongholds are. They are the lies of Satan. How many, how many recognize this morning that Satan is a liar? He is a liar. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in John 8, 44, you are of your father, the devil. Aren't you glad Jesus wasn't talking to you when he said that? And the lust of your father will you do. He's talking to the Pharisees. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, but, uh, but because there is no what? Truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the what? He is the father of lies. Most often, these lies that Satan masterfully crafts, by the way, are for the benefit of his own children of the world. He has the world wrapped up in a lie. How many recognize that today? Lies. All of it is lies that Satan is crafting. And most of what he does is for their benefit. But unfortunately, many Christians find themselves thinking uh, and putting up these lies that Satan has for the world they begin to believe themselves. And so they begin to have these strongholds in our minds. I'll give you an example. One of the devil's greatest lies is that no man can know the truth. That's one of his greatest lies that he's told ever since the beginning of time. No one can actually know the truth. Matter of fact, you just figure out your own truth and then whatever truth you want to have, that's the truth you can have. How many recognize that by definition and default of the definition of truth, that's absolutely impossible? How many recognize that? The definition of truth is that it is the truth and everything else around it is a what? There can only be one truth. Uh, Brother Ashley, would you stand up? One of us is the handsomest. Now, Now, he's pointing at me, but we all know the truth. There's only one truth. It's him. Amen? No, everything else is a lie. And so the devil, he crafts these lies for the world. But sometimes we end up hearing those lies and believing those lies and saying those lies to ourselves over and over and over again. And how many recognize today that is the devil's plan in our life? He wants us to believe a lie. I'll give you an example. How about, how about anxiety? Many people today live in a constant state of nervousness, apprehension, or worry, anxiety. And so there's a lot of different remedies for anxiety. But people have bought into this lie that it's normal to, to take a pill or to do something to relieve anxiety. Now, if you need to go to the doctor and you need help, do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking most anxiety is normal. Every time I get up to preach, I have anxiety. Every time I, uh, every time I whatever, every time I get pulled over by a cop, I get anxiety. Amen? <laughs> whatever. Police officer, I get anxiety. So some anxiety is normal, but there's a level of anxiety that we don't have to live in. When anxiety gets to the point where it becomes a stronghold, chances are it can stem back to, it can, not always, sometimes it's a health issue, but a lot of times it'll stem back to a satanic lie. Lies like this, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I need to be better than who I am, but I will never measure up. I don't have enough to make me happy. I need more. I need more friends. I need more money. I need more attention to make me happy. How many recognize that's a lie? I need to be busy. Uh, If I'm not busy, I'm not happy. No one likes me. No one cares about me. I'm worthless. I have no hope. 
There is no hope. There is no joy. No one loves me. These are all lies that Satan has masterfully crafted. Oh, but my friends today, these lies, these strongholds that lock us up in the prison of our mind, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but my me. He said, I am the truth. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. While the lies of Satan put us into bondage, the truth of Jesus Christ sets us free. There is freedom in the truth of God's word. And so we don't have to believe the lie. I said, we don't have to believe the lie. These problems, these lies, the problem is they become more than just lies. They become truth to us. They become our truth. And this truth, as Paul says, it vaunts itself against God. And our truth, by the way, if our truth exalts itself against God's word, understand this morning that it's going to manifest itself in self-destructive ways. In other words, if your truth disagrees with this book, then your truth will cause you to self-destruct because that's Satan's plan. That's what he wants. He wants you to believe the lie because he knows it'll destroy you. And so this morning, we don't need to let Satan have those strongholds. We can take those strongholds down. I think about the stronghold of guilt and shame. You have no idea what I did, pastor. You don't know who I used to be. And because they're living that lie, they believe that they are worthless and guilty. They live their life hating themselves, trying to punish themselves. When Christ has already paid the punishment, Christ has already paid for our sin. He took our guilt and our shame. Why are we living in shame and guilt when we are standing in front of Christ forgiven? Stop believing the lie and believe the truth. I'm forgiven. I am loved by Christ. I am not worthless. He said, before I was formed in the belly, he knew me. He has every head of my, uh, every hair on my head counted. He knows where I'm going. He knows what I'm doing. He loves me. He cares about me. Believe the truth. Believe the truth. He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for your life. I think about the stronghold of bitterness and unforgiveness. I cannot forgive him after what he did to me. But because we cannot forgive that parent, because we cannot forgive that other person, we live our life spiraling out of control, lashing out at others, finding fault in everyone else that we meet. Why? Because we believe the lie. We don't believe the truth that we can forgive. We believe the lie. I will never forgive. When the truth over here says, when Jesus said, if you forgive, I will forgive you. And all God's people said, amen. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe that. Pull down that strong. I think about the stronghold of anger. No one can tell me what to do. I'm in control of my life. No, my life is yours to control. I give you my heart and my soul. I think about the stronghold of lust. I just can't stop thinking wrong things. I just can't stop looking at the wrong things when the truth is this, that I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Oh, I am the Lord's. I am his. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I will, I will follow Christ in my life. Oh, we believe these lies that Satan has. When I was a kid, my parents took me over to somebody's house one time. I don't remember their names. I just remember everybody had red hair in the family. That's all I remember. And I was probably seven years old, six years old. And uh, we were over at the house and we were playing hide and seek and, you know, things that kids play. And these two older girls, they were so mean to me. And uh, we were playing hide and seek. They locked me in their shed. You remember this, mom? You remember it different? Yeah, it's my story. All this stuff. Let me finish my story, mom. You can correct me later. I know I'm getting to that. Will you let me finish? Anyway, so I'm in the shed. And in my mind, I was locked in. I tried the door a couple of times, couldn't get out. So in the mind of a whatever age I was, six, seven-year-old, I decided I'm going to break the window. So I did. 
and I busted the window, bro. That's brilliant. I'm crawling out through the window and there was a shard of glass in the top of it. And I cut my back on that piece of glass crawling out of that window. Well, come to find out the door was never actually locked. I could have gotten out anytime I wanted to. Many of us are doing that to ourselves today with sin. We lock ourselves in this closet. We lock ourselves in this thing with sin. We lock ourselves with this stronghold. And Jesus has already unlocked the door. It's already open. All we have to do is claim his promises and claim the promises of God's word and go through the door. But these lies that Satan creates in our minds, they do the opposite. While truth sets us free, the lies of Satan brings us into bondage. So what do we do with these strongholds? Number two, we must identify our strongholds. We must identify them. What do we do with these? Identify them. Paul says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. How can I cast something down if I do not identify it? How can I pull something down if I don't even realize that it's there? The simple thought for you this morning I want to try to help today is maybe you have some strongholds in your heart or in your mind. Maybe you have some strongholds there. And maybe it's been there ever since you were a little kid. Maybe it's somebody told you something. Maybe you read something in a book. Maybe you got something from your schooling. Maybe your friends have put, and there's a stronghold in your mind. So here's what I, here's what I want you to think about. In your mind today, or maybe in your prayer time this week, can you identify the biggest mental stronghold holding you back in your life? What is the biggest mental stronghold that you find yourself believing? I think that if we could first identify it, then we can pull it down. We can cast it down. And how many recognize today that if I have a stronghold in my mind, I want to get rid of that thing? I, come on now. How many want to get rid of that thing? And so we need to identify it. So it might not be happening right this moment. I understand that some people have strongholds in their mind. They have been there for many, many years. And it might not happen overnight, but it takes, and it might take some time. But we need to first identify that stronghold or that lie that Satan has put in our mind. I mentioned earlier that this is a scientific thing. This is an interesting thing. When you were a baby and your mother looked at you and, you, and she smiled at you and you thought, oh, I like that. I like that smile. And so she said, goo goo gaga. And you went, <laughs> as a baby. I can't really laugh like a baby. I'm sorry. That was a really creepy baby, actually. If your baby did that, you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but you, you go goo goo gaga at your baby and then the baby does what? It laughs. And then when the baby laughs, it sees that mom gets happy. She does it again. Something happens in the brain of that child where if, if I laugh, mom laughs. Then the kid grows up. And the kid realizes that if I want a sucker and I ask for a sucker and my mom says no, if I cry, she'll give me the sucker. And then the mom becomes the sucker. Amen? Shouldn't have said that. But anyway, how many recognize what I'm saying? The brain forms a pathway. This is scientific. It's called neuroplasticity. Neurons that fire at the same time repeatedly end up wiring together through a chemical change. This is how people like Brother Russell can play the piano so well. How many recognize Brother Russell didn't wake up one day and play like that? It took hours and hours of playing the same thing over and over. And what happens is when we do those things and we have these experiences and we, we try to learn a new skill is that our brain maps out and groups together these firing uh, neurons in our brain and it begins to form what's called a brain map. And new skills can be learned. After many repetitions, a skill can be mastered. This happens, and it takes fewer neurons to perform the same task that took many neurons when we first started doing it. 
our brains, in other words, our brains learn and our brains form pathways in our mind. Now, in this auditorium, we have a center section. We have a right section and a left section. And then we have this thing here. It's called an aisle way. It's a pathway. In our brain, when we go down one thought process over and over again, our brain forms a pathway. It's a scientific fact. If you think the same thing over and over again, it's easier to think it again. I have a dog. His name is Marshmallow. He's a great dog. Marshmallow has a fenced-in area. It's probably from you, Brother Grady, to about, about this altar here, and it's about from me to that wall. It's a pretty good-sized area. Marshmallow is a Labrador, and he's a great dog. And what he does is he patrols the fence and he just walks along the side of the fence. And he does this. He doesn't do it all day. I mean, he naps probably three hours a day, but then the rest of the time he's doing this. Of course, if somebody's breaking in or something at night, he just leaves them alone. But he likes to patrol during the day. And he just walks along that, the edge of that fence over and over and over again. When I first put Marshmallow out there, wasn't that long ago, it was all grass, the grass about ankle height, and he just kept walking over and over. And guess what happened? There's a path all the way around that fence of dirt. He had worn out a path. And what happens is, is when we start to believe those lies that Satan's put up there, and we start to think about it over and over again, and we start to, you know, we go on Google and we research this stuff, and, we, and boy, we're thinking to all these thoughts and all these things. We begin to form these neural pathways in our minds. And by the way, that's what the devil wants for us. He wants us to get stuck in the rut, to think the same way, to think the same thing over and over again. This is why someone who might be depressed can never get away from that depression. They just keep moving down that same pathway. This is why someone who's unhappily married might say, I will never be happily married. They just keep going down that same pathway. This is why a miserable teenager who's always in a bad mood, doesn't matter if you buy him an Xbox, doesn't matter if you get him a cell phone, he's always in a bad mood or she's always in a bad mood because they're just going down that same pathway over and over and over again. This is why a person who believes that food's going to make them happy, that drugs are going to make them happy, that alcohol's going to make them happy, they just keep going that same pathway. They keep seeking the same thing over and over again. I, maybe this time it'll make me happy. Maybe this time the relationship will work. Maybe this time, and we keep going down. And what happens is we form these neural pathways in our mind that are based on a lie, and we get stuck in the rut. As a pastor, I've been in ministry 17 years now. I've known person after person who've said these words to me, it will never change. I can never change. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Can I ask you a question? Did Jesus leave his throne in heaven, abdicate his throne in heaven, come all the way down to planet earth, die on a cross for you and for me and shed his blood for you and for me so that all of our sins can be forgiven. Oh, I almost fell over. So that my chains of sin could fall off. Do you think that Jesus did all of that for me so that I could get stuck in a rut? No way, Jose. No, Jesus came and he did die for me. When I was yet a sinner, God commended his love toward me. While I was yet a sinner at my worst, he knew who I really was. He knows who you really are. And he doesn't want us to be stuck in this rut. He wants us to be freed from that rut. So I want to just challenge you today. You can change, not in your own power, but through the power of Christ in you. You can get out of that rut today. You can create a brand new pathway in your mind. Why? Because the truth sets us free. Don't let hopelessness hold you hostage. Don't let lust lock you up. Don't let bitterness bind you. Don't let pride put you in prison. Identify the stronghold and allow the Holy Spirit and Christ and God's word pull that stronghold down. Say, Pastor, what do I do? What if I identify that stronghold? What do we do then? All right, number three. Are you ready for number three? I mean, ready for in and out? Not now, after I talk about being healthy. 
We get a salad, I guess. Number three, we must invalidate our strongholds. Invalidate. Can I tell you something? Satan's lies are invalid. They're hogwash. They're baloney. As my grandpa used to say, they're fiddlesticks. It's garbage. Satan's lies, that's exactly what they are. They're lies. Paul says, cast down. What? Imaginations. They are real. These lies that Satan puts in our mind, they do not exist. They are lies of the devil. And if they don't match up with God's word, it is not true. The Bible is true. It's God's word. It's the truth. There can be only one truth. And we have it. And we have it. And so call it out for what it is. That is a lie. They're invalid. It's untruth. We must focus on the truth instead of the lie. And I believe this is revolutionary. I believe this could change someone's life. It could change my life. I'm almost done, but I want to show you something really exciting. Would you go to Romans chapter 12 in your Bibles? Romans chapter 12. These are my life verses. I believe these verses with all my heart. This is the exciting part. I love these verses. Romans 12. Verse 1, I'll start reading it as you turn there. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then this next verse is what I want you to see. And be not what? Conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's the exciting part. Boy, we get stuck on these pathways. I'm going to walk all the way back here. You guys can't film me because I'm going to walk past the cameras, but you can walk all this pathway. You can walk this pathway over and over again. I'm worthless. Nobody loves me. Uh, nobody cares about me. Uh, I, I'm never going to be able to change. I, my marriage is never going to be able to change. I, I'm never going to be faithful to church. I'm never going to be able to serve. And we can walk this pathway over and over again, or we can believe God's word and we can be transformed in the renewing of our mind and we can believe the truth of God's word and say, I'm a brand new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. All things are become new. And guess what? I can change. I, with the power of Christ in me, I can change. I can be renewed in the spirit of my mind. I can be renewed. Hey, listen, you, your mind can be renewed today. You can renew it. You can renew it. I said, you can renew it. You say, Pastor, I just keep struggling in the same area. Yes, you do. But with the power of God's word, you can, re, you can form a new path. I said, you can form a new path. We all have strongholds. We all do. Growing up, I've had many strongholds in my life. And so have you. Strongholds I thought would never change. Things I thought I would never get over. Things I thought I could never deal with. But I did through Christ. It wasn't me, but it's through him. I say, Pastor, what do I do? What we need to do is we need to get off the old path and get on the new path. We need to stop thinking the same thoughts, flip the script, and think about something new. Instead of thinking about what the devil wants me to think, instead of believing the lie of the devil, the lie of the world, the lie of Facebook and social media, I'm going to get on God's page. I'm going to get on God's word. I'm going to believe the truth of what he says. We can change. We can pull down the strongholds. We can move past the sin, the guilt, the shame. We can forgive. We can get rid of anger in our life, jealousy and covetousness and lust. We can get over those things through the power of Christ. Isn't that what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I just encourage you today, if you know Christ as your Savior, you have a brand new path right in front of you. And what we need to do is we need to stop believing the lies and start believing the truth. The old paths are always there, beckoning to us. 
But there's a new path that we can travel every single day of our life. Let me give you a couple examples. The old path says, yell at my spouse when I get frustrated. The new path says, I'm a new creature. I must love my wife as myself and as Christ loved the church. I must reverence my husband. The old path says, throw a plate against the wall and smash his guitar. The new path says, forgive and let go. Well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. I said, yes, you can. One more time. I said, yes, you can. In Christ, I can take the new path. Old path says, I can't get over this lust in my life. I just can't stop looking at things I shouldn't look at. I can't stop doing things I shouldn't do. I just can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm a prisoner to that. The new path says, no, no, no. My eyes are his. They belong to him. They don't belong to me. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Oh, I can take the old path, but no, I'm going to go ahead and take the new path in my life. There's a lot of old paths, aren't there? I'm worthless. No one loves me. No one cares about me. Everybody at that church is a hypocrite. Nobody there really cares about me. Lies from the devil. All lies. All lies. Instead of taking that old path, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. How about that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ with passeth all knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. A new path. A new path. I don't know today what path that you're on, but I guarantee you there's another path new path. So what have we learned today? Strongholds are nothing but the lies of Satan. Would you say that with me? Strongholds are nothing but the lies of Satan. Let's say it one more time. Strongholds are nothing but the lies of Satan. Those strongholds in our mind that don't match up with God's word, they're lies. They're lies. We've learned that. We also learned that we can get stuck in a rut, a pathway of thinking over and over again. Can I ask you, identify what is my biggest stronghold? And replace that stronghold or that lie with the truth because the truth shall set you free. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, nobody's looking.